This is living the dream. As long as there's a microphone and I get to talk in it, <laughs> I love it. It's, it replaces everything. There's a... My name is Rich Baker, and I get to interview the rare few who make their living in the world of arts and entertainment. The, the music video never beat the radio star. I mean, it's always... <laughs> Big thank you to Phil Ranta, CEO of Comedy Podcast Network. Uh. But telemarketing was $10 an hour. Thank you to Diana Lawrence for the original music and Tom Burns for the logo. Little kids, and I had fun because I was dunking on the eight-foot hoops against them. <laughs> Email me, livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. If you have a suggestion, a question, a complaint, any kind of thoughts, email me. Ooh, ooh, let me know if I want to talk to Snooky or not. <laughs> I have there about... Become a fan of facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a comment. All that stuff helps out the show a lot. I really appreciate it. And the guy that liked it the most was Howard Stern. Here is episode number 44, Sirius XM radio personality, Dan the Bass Levy. Living the dream, my name is Rich. I'm here with Dan Levy, a.k.a. The Bass, I believe is what they call you. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. This is the first time that I've interviewed someone and they've done the recording. You've invited me to your house and we're at your recording studio, so... And we're going to do audio. Let me do the audio. I I, I don't mind at all. <laughs> That's the one thing I screw up all the time. Okay. Uh, so you are a radio personality. Uh, I guess DJ is not really the right term. No, I don't spin music. Yeah, but uh, you're the guy. You're one of the guys, at least, on the uh, the Abe Cannon show. Is that how there it's you pronounced? go. Abe Cannon show, yeah. Nice. And that's on uh, Sirius? Sirius XM, Howard 101, the Howard Stern channel. Very cool. And you've been doing that for over a year, right? It's been, I want to say, about a year and a half. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, is Was this like something that at some point you said, man, I really want to be, I really want to be like a personality on a, on a radio show? Or how did that come about? Actually, the whole, the whole journey, if you will. Please. Um, to be clear and simple, I, I went to high school in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. Which is the cap, the telemarketing capital of the world. And is it now? In high school, I mean, <laughs> you can get a job working at a supermarket for like $6. This is the 90s. You know, you can do like, you know, some stuff at the mall. Uh. But telemarketing was $10 an hour. Wow. And in high school, that's like $100 an hour. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're Al Capone at that point. Exactly. <laughs> so I did that, and it was all outbound calls. And I remember just kind of messing around. Am I allowed to curse? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're not on any actual radio. Because on serious, I can curse all I want. And then I'm on, I do other stuff on traffic where I, I got to be Mr. Printable. No, no, you, you say whatever you want to say. Bro. All right, so, uh, you know, I was kind of fucking around, and sure. I thought I was going to get fired, and my boss called me, and I was 16 years old, 17, and he goes, you should do radio, you have a voice, and I was like, what? <laughs> All right, so when I graduated high school, my brother was already going to UIC, and I was like, you know what, I'm, well, let's, let's try it out, Columbia College has a radio program, I'll go four years, at least get my degree, if I like it, I like it, if not. Hopefully, at some point, I'll find out what I wanted to do, and then yeah. I just kind of liked it, so I kind of went into it, and I tried doing the sports stuff, and I had a brief job at the score when I was like still in college, and that kind of went a little... It wasn't the best job I was looking for at the time, but it served a purpose. It allowed me to kind of uh, see the inner workings of producing and all that kind of stuff, and then eventually, I made my way over to Q101, and that's when I started working for a guy named Sludge, who pretty much taught me a lot about the business. Huh? And then in that time, I was able to hook up with the guys from the Man Cow Show, and I started doing covering all the sports. I was balls the phone girl. I was doing a lot of voice stuff and that kind of thing. And then somehow I transitioned myself into doing traffic at a 
well, it was in Seattle Metro. It's now Clear Channel. And I was doing traffic for BBM and WGN. And then just kind of, you know, you get the, the business. You get bounced in and out. You get fired. You get, you know, this job flips a format. You go here, you go there. So for a while there, I was out of a job. And I was kind of, you know, I was teaching radio. I had some, I, I mean, I had the home studio here. So I picked up a couple of voiceover things. So I've been kind of keeping my head afloat. And then just like you, a, a couple of buddies of mine who was on the Man Cow Show with in Q101, we were kind of all doing nothing. I mean, we were all just kind of like, you know, let's try to get back <laughs> and do something. So we decided to do a podcast. All right. For a year, we did the podcast. And we it was just all out, whatever we wanted to say, whatever we wanted to do. We met up every week at my buddies who also has a home studio. Uh-huh. And we just went ape shit. Everything we've ever wanted to do and all the funny stuff. And the guy who's the host, Abe, he's like a phone, you know, he does all the phone, the prank calls. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he's the genius behind most of the stuff that was around Man Cow Q101 as far as that area is concerned. Great. And so we just kind of incorporated just like this show where we brought our lives into it. And we were all friends naturally. So we could all bust each other's balls. And he made a demo of it. He sent it out to every radio station in the world. And the guy that liked it the most was Howard Stern. Wow. So after, you know, going back and forth, he I was actually in the process of getting fired from a job. Oh, well, that's a good process and to go about through. About a week, about two <laughs> weeks before, I mean, I knew it was coming. You know, yeah. everybody, everybody's had that experience where you're at a job and you know it's not going good. Not, it wasn't, I didn't even think it was my fault. It was just the nature of the beast. It was a sales gig. And I remember just sitting in the office going like, what the fuck am I going to do now? Right. And then all of a sudden my phone rings and it's Abe. And he's like, I come very good news. I go, I give you some. What do you got? He goes, next week we're going to have a three-day trial on the Howard Stern channel. Huh. And if Howard likes it, we get picked up. Wow. So like three days, like you were. Three nights. It was a Wednesday, Thursday, and a Friday night. And it was on from like, it was 11 to 1 our time, which was 12 to 2. In the morning in the East Coast time. Yeah. And we, they sent the guys down. We got hooked up. Well, Ryan Mano, who's on our show, he at the time was working for a TV show locally in Chicago called JBTV. And it was this giant television studio that had like all these different booths. And they were psyched. They said, you know, you guys could do the tryouts here. So they brought, they, the guys from New York flew out, brought the equipment. And we went three days in a row. Wow. And we hadn't heard from them in like six months. And then all of a sudden we got the call saying, you guys are, uh, we, we've been approved. Wait a second. So you did the three days, and then six months go by and six nothing? Months, six months elapsed of uh Well, they told us it was a slow process. We auditioned. They were, you know, in the process of, you know, getting budgets cleared and all that. They said, it's going to take a little bit, not because of anything you guys did, but it's just slow moving. And then, yeah, all, yeah. And all of a sudden, in August, we got the phone call. <laughs> we're going to be on every Saturday. And that was it. So in that six months time, I mean, were you like banking on this? Were you hoping or were you? I was praying to God. I actually picked up my job again doing traffic. So I do, I do traffic now still on Friday and Saturday overnight to do it on WBBM. Okay. And I also do traffic with Clear Channel. So, I mean, I'd gotten back on. Luckily, it was a sales gig that I was on. It was for, the, for a, a broadcasting school. And I found out, well, it was originally supposed to be a marketing job. and They turned into a sales gig on me. Yeah. <laughs> And that I'd never done sales before. I was always all radio, so I, I, I sold, but I knew my time was coming because I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Well, right. And they told me that I had had a uh, a lunch budget. They said, you have a lunch budget, just write down who it is, and we we compensate you. And I knew my time was coming, so I decided to take out every <laughs> radio boss I could possibly think of, and I put them down as potential clients, like yeah, this is so and so pizza or ice cream, and 
Luckily, when I got can, I, mean, I knew I was getting canned, so I took these guys out. I said, "Free lunch on me," but here's what I got. And then <laughs> when my time came, the guys at Clear Channel said, "Come on back, we could use you." And so right then, I got my job back. And then I was like, "Man, if I can get this Howard Stern thing going, um, I got my bills paid." So that's luck- huge. Luckily, when it kicked in, I was like, "Oh, thank God!" Right? <laughs> thank God. So right now, you've got two jobs. You're doing the the show on Sirius XM, and then you're doing the traffic, right? And that's that's enough. That is mostly yeah. That with those two jobs put together, it pays enough. And I also have a home studio, which I I have about three or four clients that I voice for, in terms of stations around the country. And and I by that you mean like to like imaging, promos, yeah, and- imaging promos and anything else that they really need from me. Like every now and then I'll do a commercial or two, but it's mostly like station imaging. I don't, uh, I'm not familiar with that term, imaging. What does station that mean? imaging is like, you know, pretty much like, you know, any, any radio station's name. Like, oh, just you saying that you're like the... listening to WIMS, you know, yeah. AM 1420. And just every state, you know, every time they pay me, I do them. So, and I picked up, a, I've, I've learned to coach voiceovers and, and that kind of stuff. And I've been making voiceover demos for people over here. So I have about three or four clients to come over. I record their stuff, they pay me. And, and I also have a couple clients that I record podcasts for. I'm the executive producer for Project Health Radio, which is a public service radio show that gets aired on pretty much all the radio stations that you listen to. Uh-huh. At some point during the week, it's usually about Sunday, 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> every radio station is required to play a public service health show oh. of some sort. Okay. And we make those shows. So he comes over here. We do about you know two shows. We record it. I record it over here. He hosts. I have full capabilities to do phone interviews over over here, so I produce it together, send those over to the stations, and keep making money. That's huge. Yeah. So, all right, let's go back a little bit. Uh, from the time that you went to Columbia College until now, have you been Chicago based that entire time? Luckily, yes. That's I, I, impressive. I've had a couple of opportunities to leave, but I've never had an opportunity where I was like, "Man, that's that's the ticket I should go." I've had. There was a gig in St. Louis that I turned down. It was going to be an exec. It was the position I wanted, mm-hmm. but not for the money I wanted. It was like a. It was like a, it, the the gig was definitely like the uh, the morning sports producer, the executive producer of the morning show, and I'd have my own show on the weekends. Wow! But the money was just very, 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 very little. Yeah. And I was gonna take it, and I told my bosses at the time that I was leaving, and then they're like, "Well, what if we make you full time and give you this much money?" I was like, "Guess I'm staying in Chicago." There you go. I feel like okay, because so, I studied uh, radio in college. I was in I was in the air, so I know a little bit about it. Uh, but obviously, then how do you not know what imaging is? I, we never use that term. <laughs> I am promo. Uh, yeah, I, I we use promos. Okay, so yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, like my radio professors would tell me, like that the standard way is you get out of college, you go to some, you know, market in the hundreds. And you there, then maybe yeah. you work your way up to the market in the eighties, and then the fifties, and then if you're really good, you get in the top ten, this, that, and the other. That did that never just I, cross. Well, that was the way I figured they were weeding all of us out. They, <laughs> they told us that they told us that same jargon, and it did weed a lot of us out. I had teachers that Alan Stagg, who he's passed away since, but he was a big radio guy in Chicago, and he was a teacher of mine. And he did the first day. He did you know here's what you guys are gonna learn in class. And then he did a half an hour of why we should all get out of the business. <laughs> it's all going to be automated. It's all going to be, you know, just it's all corporate and it's yeah. all going to be voice tried, which is all true. But what I really figured out when I was doing this and anybody's looking to get in the business, you got to intern the living shit out of yourself. 
I think that's true for almost everything now. It is for everything, but radio, it's a little bit more because in another radio, another jobs, I would say, uh-huh. you could have a resume and you send your resume out and you can probably get jobs that way. Right. In radio, I have a resume, but it is I've never once gotten a job on my resume, never gotten a job on my demo, never got on a job because I just filled out an application and, hey, we decided to give you a call. You seem like a cool guy. Wow. Never happened. It's all been where I've interned, who I've met, positive attitude, keep networking, try to meet every single person in the radio station because the person who's the receptionist might just become a salesperson. And then that salesperson might work directly with a program director. And then that person becomes at a different radio station. And then it just kind of keeps following that, you know, that chain of command. As long as you are cool to these people and you're, you know, you're nice and you try to go all out and you network. Sometimes when there's a job open, hey, I remember you from this station. Yeah. You have a great voice. You seem cool. Come on over. And then say, keep climbing it. Wow. That's really great. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm full of questions here, but like, yeah. f- for example, so when you say that you can't get a job on your resume, you're on Sirius XM, yep. which, I mean, as far as radio is concerned, that's got to be pretty high up there, right? I've, I've worked with a lot. Yeah, it's humongous. Sirius XM is giant. The, the traffic, the station I do traffic for, WBBM is the number one station in town. It's the home of the bears. I mean, it's the number one news yeah. station in the freaking country. I wouldn't say the country, but I mean, it's. If you think Chicago, that's it's giant. Sure. Um, I've worked for uh, giant alternative stations. I've in my career, I've worked with Man Cow, Howard Stern, all sorts of people now, and none of that stuff ever matters because people really? don't people don't really know you unless I'm like you know you know if I have my own talk show and I'm making hundreds of millions of dollars, then you can be like, all right, I want to go to your station, and bam, that could happen. But if it's just a guy like myself who's been kind of going through here and there and here and there, it's it's all about the networking. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, In radio, so like, especially, I think maybe this was like 2004 when I first heard of Jack FM, and it's a station that doesn't have any DJs. Yep. As someone who worked in radio, when you first heard about that, did that kind of make you go, oh, 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 jobs, jobs are going away? No, because listen, every every everything is different. Some places that works in very small markets where there are no money and people just want to jam out to music. They can. In bigger markets, sometimes that works because people are too busy and they go. But you also have to understand, people really like local radio. They like an identification. They like to meet personalities. They like to hear different personalities. And the realm that I was always going was always more talk radio, more AM, more more personalities are. music is, it's very, very hard. I mean, right now there's a PPM little meter. I'm sure you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's a new way of the ratings. You know, people have these little beeper-like things on them. And it picks up what stations you're listening to. It lets them know when you're turning out, how long you're <laughs> listening to. And it's become this whole giant clusterfuck for every radio station to figure out how to keep people listening. So a lot of people thought like that. Let's just get rid of all the DJs, have a couple guys promoing and imaging and going straight to here and there. And then and that, that, that didn't work. Yeah. And we get, we, you know, I, I stood on the sidelines going, I, I'm dying to know how it goes. I'm dying to see how it goes. But... At the same time, internet radio got gigantic. Pandora got gigantic. Spotify is huge. Yeah. So there's always the option. But radio, I always like I always tell people, I mean, radio has it didn't go away when cable came out. It didn't go away when TV came out. The the music video never beat the radio star. I mean, it's always <laughs> it's always been a medium which people have. It's an immediate medium. So they're always gonna try to these kind of things where, you know, 
don't have a DJ. Let's have this person on her. When there is a DJ, let him talk for 30 seconds. I guess Ryan Seacrest, his breaks are now about a minute. Yeah. Because they want him to just go straight to the music. But a lot of a lot of kids, a lot of you know, high school, college kids, they don't always want to. I mean, they can get music anywhere. They want to have fun. They want to hear the cool stuff. And right now, I mean, with, with anything else, radio needs to be grown. It needs to be, you need to put someone on there that people can get, start to get used to. Yeah. And grow with these people and, and just kind of. You know, like what they have to say in here. And if you want to keep listening to music, you're never going to stop anybody for putting on their CD or listening to their iPods or all the millions of things out there. But the things that I do have been talk radio and have been, you know, traffic, which is you can't automate. Yeah, traffic. That, that'll never go away. No. <laughs> for me, I hope it never does. I mean, <laughs> until... There's, there's some GPSs, there's the iPhones, there are things out there that could do it. But if you want to know exactly what's going on at what point in time... And you want to just turn your radio and you don't have to turn on your GPS. You don't have to plug anything in. You just turn it on and you go. Growing up, did you have an affinity for radio as a kid? Did, were there particular personalities that you were like, Never. oh, man, I really like this guy or something like that? No, I was. See, I, I've heard a lot of interviews and I've read a lot of interviews with other radio people. And I'm like, oh, yeah, WLS back in the day and blah, blah, blah. They, I listened to Howard Stern when I was a kid. I mean, I was on the East Coast a lot, mm -hmm. and Howard was always somebody big, but I, when I listened to him, I was never like, man, I can't wait to do that one day. I was always like, that's hilarious. I don't know what I ever want to do with my life, and then <laughs> it was just one of those things where you're just like, I, just, I guess I, when you start getting into an age, you're like, I really want to start to do something different. I, I definitely knew my path was not going to be a doctor or a lawyer. Or it was definitely going to be an alternative method to my making money in my world. Yeah. And it just it just kind of went that way, but I never went like, man, I've been inspired by these people. It never happened that way for me. Yeah. But since I've gotten into radio, I've become like ultra dorky, and I listen to everything. I listen to everybody. I I try to hear how other people do things, so I could steal some of it, or sure. try to hear what I don't like what that person did. I'll never say those kind of things. But growing up, I was never like, oh my god, this person turned me on to radio. I, I wasn't like that. I just got into it. I enjoyed it. I felt like I could be good at it, and then. It just got addictive, man. When you're on the air, it's it's addictive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when you guys do the show, when you come together, is it uh, d does like one person write most of the show and everyone else fill in the parts? Does everyone write a segment or we don't? There, you don't exactly write it. What we all do is we do a meeting once a week, mm -hmm. maybe sometimes twice a week. We talk via text message, pretty much all day, every day. All right. Things that are going on, people that die, people just. Everything that goes on, we kind of go, and then we go, this would be a good segment, that would be a good one. And then about the end of the week, either Thursday or Friday, we all jump on a phone, and we all come up with our own list of five ideas that we all think we should add for the show, whether it's current events, things that have happened to us, if I've gone out, if I've gone into a situation, or if me and Abe or any of the other guys, we all hang out, I'm sure. Every time we always hang out, we're like, this is going to be on the air. Right. And then we just kind of formulate, we can outline it. We just say, here's how we're going to... Let's start the show talking about this. It's going to here, and it's a radio show, so we book guests. So we're like, all right, we got you know Larry King coming on. So make sure you guys know this stuff, and then and then it just kind of goes. I mean, when you add in the element of callers and people tweeting and all those kind of things, and just I mean, on a Saturday we could have a full outline of shit, and then all of a sudden a massive shooting happens, or Amy Winehouse dies, or yeah, you never know. I mean, the medium is always changing, so we have these outlines, and it's great, and then all of a sudden. Something happens, and we got we just kind of tailor it. So I mean, it, it is what it is. But there is a rhyme and a, a rhythm to all of it, and we all know what we. This will be funny. This won't be funny. Let we you know what's your idea. How do we segue into this kind of deal? But 
the other day we just all put our heads together and we're like, all right, that, that'll make for a pretty good show. I know that uh, at least I was, uh, again, this is just what I was told by my professors in college, but that, you know, when you have any kind of show where people call in, that that's the thing you want. You want them calling in, and that was a big deal. Is, with Sirius XM, I assume it might not be exactly the same. Um, it's, I understand what they're saying. When you run your own kind of, uh, like, your own radio show and you're doing your own thing, then, yeah, you kind of want to make it so callers are calling in. Because if you're just, you know, you doing your own show... For an yeah. hour, you want callers because that's what you rely on. But it's important to have a radio show. There's four of us, which is very rare. And it's another awesome thing about series is that they took us as our show. They didn't mess with it. They didn't <laughs> tell us to get rid of this person or bring in a chick. Or they just said, here's the four of you guys, you go. But we, we've gone with the process of that call should become organic. We don't reach out to callers on our show. We don't say, hey, here's the uh, you know the trivia of the day. If you know what kind of thong someone's wearing call in or <laughs> what kind of cereal am i eating today call in and blah 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 or our phone poll today we don't do that <laughs> so we just we talk about conversations we get into arguments and then that alone gets people that want to call in and be like i totally agree or you're a douchebag or you know you're an asshole and you, you just kind of play the game that way it is it's, it's always nice to have of callers but you know if you have one or two if there's two other people at least with you or other people or you have guests yeah it is what it is but I mean, we've gotten shows before where we're like, all right, college just ain't biting, but there's four. Let's so let's hit it. Yeah, right. Do you ever get starstruck when you bring on a guest of someone who you're like, oh, I've only been starstruck by one celebrity in my entire life, and that, that was? was Michael Jordan. Yeah, and oh. he wasn't very nice to me, and that ended right then and there. Really, ended right then and there. Wow. So I mean, I've, I've, we've had a lot of celebrities. I've, I've covered sports in Chicago now for about, let's see, almost nine years. Yeah. So I definitely have met every athlete, and I've seen a lot of celebrities. And just being in Chicago radio for almost 11 years, I mean, there's not many people I haven't met. Yeah. So when you start to deal with these kind of people, and you start to get used to these people, and I'm one of the people who does book guests for our show, you deal with all these oh, these publicists and these PR <laughs> people and these <laughs> managers and all these. Everybody has a person, and their people have people, and their people have their people that have people that have interns that they have their own people. And you climb up these chains. By the time you get the celebrity on, no matter how big it is, you're like, just fucking talk. Don't stand me up. I don't want to hear another publicist say, I don't think they can do it. And once they're on the air, you will hear a sigh of relief come out of me that is almost orgasmic. You're just like, oh, they're on, finally. I'm guessing you probably wouldn't want to say this, but have there ever been celebrities on where you were just like, this is the worst? I never oh, talked to this yeah. person. Yeah, we had Snooki on. Oh. No problem. I'll, I'll answer that. No problem. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, well, the, the host of the show, you know, he watches those kind of shows, and I, I watch them. I, I'll admit it. I, I watch everything. If you're going to be in the industry, you have to watch everything, especially sure. shit that people are watching. Yeah, you have to. And Snooki was always uh, a liver personality. I'm like, let's try to get her. We wanted to try to get somebody from the Jersey Shore. And I, you know, if you're good at radio and you pay attention to these kind of things that we want to do, you always want to see not always the shows that they come out, but the side shit that these people come out with, and. Snooki, since she's been famous, she's been taking advantage of certain things. And her father, I guess, was a boxing promoter. And I guess with her fame and her fortune, she's been able to put on a boxing. So we went ahead and we booked her. And I was like, I went through about a million channels. One guy in Upper East New York who was who, who let me know if I wanted to talk to Snooki or not. <laughs> After about months and months of emails and calls and 
everything that I can possibly do to not be a jackass. Can we get her? Can we get her? We're promoting her. Serious. She came on and she was so bad that we just we were just taking shots at her and it was just like, ugh, that's horrible. Do you? <laughs> and we shouldn't. Have, I, at the end, I shouldn't have done it, but I was trying to score it and you scored and then these people come on. And you're like. Oh, what a bitch. Well, yeah. <laughs> what a bitch. Uh, do you always interview people like that over the phone, or do you ever bring them in? Um, you always want to get people in studio. Yeah. That's the key. But the deal is we're on a Saturday for now. Right. We're getting more stuff. But, I mean, there are days that we're on during the week where we can fill in and people come in. But nine times out of ten, you get guys who are doing radio interviews or radio tours, and you have no question but to get them on. But every now and then, you get wrestling guys that will come in studio. We get... Uh, Pia from Chicago Bob Wives, she came in, mm. and you have certain people coming in. It's always so much better when they're in studio hanging out with you because it's it's real live. But absolutely, I mean, but if it's on the phone, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, however we can get them, people want to hear it. So sure, is there a guest that you like, kind of like a I don't know a unicorn out there that you're like, man, I'd really like to be on the air with this person that you haven't yet. There's a million of those people. Okay. I, think, I think you get like the, you know, the Will Ferrells, the, you know, the Tom Hanks, the, you know, giant music, you know, musicians, the Lady Gaga's, all these people that you're just like, man, I would love to try to get Rihanna or Snoop Dogg or yeah. you know, Vince Vaughn or all these people that always seem to slip through the grass because you're like, man, I could have booked them. And then all of a sudden, ah, they can't do it. So, I mean, you, I mean, it always is what it is, but it, we also have a, a unique show in which. We could do a show where there's no guests and it's funnier. Yeah. We're funnier than there hasn't been many times we've had a guest on where we were just like, if it wasn't for that guest, our show would have been crap. Yeah. I mean, we've had guests where we're like, man, that guest was really good. We had Shaquille O'Neal on and he confessed to maybe being in WrestleMania. So we got pub- we got publicity. We were on Jim Rome's Burning because they took the clip from our show and that was cool. But, nice. But there's certain elements where you don't need all that stuff. I mean, there's four of us. We have four opinions, and we're all pretty heavy in our opinions. And we yeah. all—I mean, we all have a pretty unique way of delivering what we what we do on the show. So, when there is a guest, we always try to make it fit into what, what we're doing. We don't just have a guest on to have a guest on. It's kind of has to flow a little bit. So, if we get them on, we get them on. But if not, yeah, we're, you're good we're, not, way. we're not short of conversation. That's cool. Uh. Okay, a question I ask all my guests. If, uh, for whatever reason, this was taken away, radio could no longer make money, uh, what would what would be the job that you would like? Okay. That, that's the million-dollar question, man. That, that's what every radio person asks each other radio person. Okay. What, what would you be doing if you weren't in radio? Hell if I know, man. I right. have no clue. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what else to do, to be honest. My, I've tried to walk away. But 11 years of broadcasting doesn't exactly make you a premium for, you know, a marketing job or anything else. I don't want to go back to school. So I don't really know, to be honest. Yeah. And I, I it's one of those things, especially the older you get, I don't want to be one of those guys who's like 60s, 70s, you know, 50s, like, you know, trying to bounce around for a radio job. At some point, you want to shit or get off the pot and do something else. But I have no idea right now. Right. <laughs> honest yeah do you uh like the as far as so you've been behind the mic and you've been kind of on the producer end do you prefer you prefer the mic oh yeah absolutely there's nothing better than being on the microphone yeah i've done i i like behind the scenes stuff i like to do production stuff i like to voice stuff and that's as long as there's a microphone and i get to talk in it 
<laughs> I love it. It's it replaces everything. There's a there's a rush to it. There's a high to it. There's a, a part of where you're just like, I never want to do anything else ever again. And you just even even when money is isn't even there, you do things for free, and you're just like, it still feels great. I I, I can't believe it. Yeah. What about uh, voice acting? Is that something that you have tried? I've or? been doing. I actually have two agents that I do stuff for and voiceover stuff commercial wise, and it's. Yeah, that shit is harder than than the radio stuff. It, it it is harder. It's a totally different animal because you're totally you're acting. Yeah, and radio people. A lot of radio people are like, oh, I've been doing radio. How do I get a voiceover? It's, it's not the same, man. There's yeah. a lot of guys, especially guys like you, who are acting, who are who've made livings off theater and improv, and I compete with shit like you, and then I also compete against celebrities, and even some of the the call rooms that I've been in have been with people I've seen in movies, and you're like. The fuck am I gonna be that guy? But it's that's definitely the the realm in which I want to start doing. I love voiceovers. I love being on a mic, and I love auditioning for products. And I like if you can nail one, they pay a shitload of money. So that's hell yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where you're just like, I will love to. I, I I will keep trying to do it. But and especially if you could be like a Tom Bodet or someone like that, where you're the voice of this company. Oh god, yeah. Well, that's that's ideal because once you're the voice of any campaign for that long, you. You, You're good. Your bills are paid. I mean, yeah. every, you make more money with the union stuff, and every time there's royalties and all that other good glitz and glamour that just seems to... It's a hard thing to do, man, but if you can get them, milk them. Worst non-radio job you've ever had? Worst non-radio job. Besides the sales gig I just did? Uh, that could be it. That could the count. sales gig was the worst because I didn't know what it was, but... The worst radio, the worst non-radio job I've ever done. Um, to be honest, they've all I've all made them fun. Good for you. <laughs> I I let's see. I, when I was in high school, I was working at the Great Steak and Fry, and I, that made me laugh because I was eating people's food. <laughs> I was a basketball coach for little kids, and I had fun because I was dunking on the eight foot hoops against them. <laughs> I did telemarketing, and I was able to make you know just that. That was funny on its own. All the different people you talk to. Yeah. I, I, Used to work at the Chicago Trolley, selling tickets, and that was fun. You got to stare at girls' boobs all day long. Oh, that's funny. That was wonderful. Um, I worked at Nike Town. I guess I worked at Marshall Fields. That was probably the worst job I ever had because of things that they wanted me to do. Oh, yeah? But I treated it like shit, and they didn't. They never really, I never got fired for it. Was that the big one downtown? Yeah. it was Before it became Macy's, it was Marshall Fields, and I was in the process of getting my first real radio job, and I didn't take this job seriously at all. Yeah. I was in a houseware appliance, so I was selling pots and pans, and all I would do was just call radio stations on their phone asking <laughs> for a job. <laughs> I would wake up at the time I was scheduled to be there. So if I was supposed to be there at 11 o'clock, I wouldn't even wake My alarm wouldn't even be set until 11.30. I would get there at 1, stay till 8, and nobody ever said a word to me. Wow. I never got in trouble. Well. And then I got the radio job, and I was like, I guess I'm quitting. I guess. <laughs> You couldn't. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even need to show it up. They never. They never once said, "Hey, uh, you were supposed to be here like an hour ago or two hours ago," and, and then never came up. Yeah. I showed up. I smiled. I shook I, hands. I, I I made the quotas and just. I kind of wish that you wouldn't have said that you quit and just stopped showing up and seen how long it would have taken. Well, it, it it ended this way. I I told him I had a radio job and I was probably going to reduce my hours. And then I stopped showing up for six months. <laughs> and then I came back, and I was like, I want to know if I can come back and work here again. And they're like, no, that's not going to work. Fair. 
All right. Just wanted to see what could happen. Hey, you don't ask, you don't get, right? I tried. 15-year-old kid comes up to you and says, uh, Dan, I want to do what you do. What advice do you give him? The same advice I just told you. Intern. Um, get a job. Well, not get a job, but go to a school. Hopefully go to a real college where you get a real degree. Yeah. There's a lot of broadcasting schools out there that are, here's how, it's a boot camp, and here's your certificate, and run wild, and it's very... It's kind of too fast. You want to go to a go to a college. I tell everybody to go to college. You can go to colleges where, like I went to Columbia College. You didn't even, you didn't even need a major to graduate. <laughs> no SAT, ACT required. There you go. Go get the degree. Take the courses you like. Try the radio ones out. If you like it, start interning immediately. If the moment they say you can start to intern, get two internships. Yeah. Get three internships. Get four. That's. <clears throat> it's probably the only regret I really have is not interning enough places. Yeah. Because I just wanted to start working and I wanted to burrow myself in one place and ride that little whale up. And I didn't know because nobody told us intern. They would say, oh, yeah, you need an intern in order to graduate. I'm like, you didn't say the words. I need an intern in order to get a job. Yeah. No one ever said that to us. And My I college wish, was the same way. They never they never say those things. And I, I've gone, I've spoken at schools. And when I say those words, they give me weird looks. I'm like, the only reason to go to a broadcasting school is to pay $17,000 for your internship. That's it. There you go. Learn all the, learn everything you can. When you go to these internships, bust your ass, be early, leave late, ask questions, be ready at a moment's time. Yeah. The option of sleeping at a radio station should always be open. I've done it myself. <laughs> Meet as many people as you can. Don't be afraid to be the guy that looks like an idiot. Don't be afraid to be the guy who... Takes a chance. Don't be afraid to be the person that speaks up, and don't be afraid to be the person that says I want. Yeah, I think a lot of people in every job has a problem saying, "Can I please have this?" Just go get it. If people are getting hired, if they need producers, go ask to be the producer. If people are, uh, you know, if they're looking for somebody to go and sell tickets to or hand out tickets to some concert in Buttfuck Illinois or somewhere in the middle of nowhere, be that guy. Great concert venue out there, by the way. Oh that's, my god, it's great. That is, is that the Insane Clown Posse? I, I think it's probably, <laughs> probably. But it's one of those things where you're just like, always oh, just say, "I want it." If there's, if you see other people getting stuff, ask how they got it. How yeah. Did, how did you get it? When you work for people, learn their stories, talk to people, bond with them, learn how they, learn the steps they went through, hear what they have to say, because sometimes they they'll tell you something. That they did to fuck it up, and you got to learn not to ever do that again. Or yeah. With situations like I've been in places where they fired all the talent except for one person, and you got to learn to talk to those people that got fired. How they how they, how did they, how they go out? Yeah. You know, do they go with the whole middle finger, go fuck yourself, or are they shaking hands, and you figure out the people that shook hands and said thank you for the opportunity were the ones that got hired back when they were hiring again, and you got to just just be open. No no egos. No no you know. Don't ever feel like something is owed to you, but when there's an opportunity, don't stab someone's back, but don't be afraid to to go get it. Nice. Uh, so what are we plugging here? Obviously, listen to Sirius XM. Sirius XM, Howard 101, the Abe Cannon Show. It's on Saturdays, 5 to 7 to the East, 4 to 6 Chicago time. Nice. My Twitter is at base on air, B-A-S-S on air. Nice. Friday and Saturday nights, if you're on uh, Chicago. 780 or 105.9 FM, WBBM. Or you can always listen online at cbschicago.com. Yeah. And, and yeah. if you don't have Sirius, I discuss, the way I listened to one of your episodes was you they're all online. A lot of it is online. You just got to know where to look for them. Fair. 
They got to know where to look for them. Um, every now and then we put about a preview out of it. And if you go to SiriusXM, you can always sign up for a seven-day free trial. Oh, there you go. And then there you go. Keep nice. on, keep on, keep it on. If anybody wants to get a hold of me, if you want to email me or Facebook me, it's always base on air, B-A-S-S on air. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's all the same. Perfect. Dan Levy, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, man, I appreciate you taking the time. And thanks for recording it for me. Nope. Well, I hope it worked out. <laughs> we'll see. How embarrassing would it be if we had to record this all over again? Oh, well. Thanks, Dan. Living the dream. Thanks, man. Huge thank you to Phil Ranta, CEO of Comedy Podcast Network. Original artwork by Tom Burns. Original music by Diana Lawrence. Email livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. The fan page is facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. Please take a minute to rate the show on iTunes or leave a comment. It it means a lot to help me get awareness out of the show, and I really appreciate it. Next week, I talk to the voice of many audiobooks. She's a professional voiceover actor, Angela Daw. My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream.